Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, hi again, everyone. I'm 1010 Win Sports Director Mark Renee with another podcast edition of On The Mark, where we take a look at the stories behind the stories in the world of sports. And I'm joined today by a couple of diehard Brooklyn Nets fans, Bobby Edameka and Nick Tishuk. And we're talking to them because they are among the very few people who have had the opportunity to be virtual fans for the Nets games that have been played in the Orlando bubble. First of all, fellas, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Bobby, I want to start with you, if you don't mind. Uh, How long have you been a Nets fan? Uh, so I started following the Nets and, uh, becoming a season ticket holder of the Nets on, uh, uh in 2012 when they uh, moved to Brooklyn. So I guess it's eight seasons now. And Nick, how about you? 2012 as well. When they became to Brooklyn, I became a diehard Nets fan. And guys, how often do you get to go to games at Barkley Center? Nick? Pretty much every game this season that I'm at, I wasn't working, I've been at this, been there. Um, before we stopped, I think we went to about 25 games before oh, wow. the 2025 games. Yeah. And the ones you weren't at, you were home Watch watching TV. Or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And Bobby, how about you? Uh, pretty similar. Uh, you know, um, uh, both Nick and I are part of uh, you know the BK Block program uh, that the uh, the Nets put together. Um, it's a, you know, a, essentially akin to a supporter section, similar to what you have in soccer stadiums. Uh, so the, uh, the Nets organization has been, you know, really kind enough to kind of create that sort of atmosphere for uh, kind of the most diehard, vocal, passionate fans. Um, so, yeah, like Nick, um, been going to, you know, basically every game that, uh, that I don't, uh, that I can. Uh, so it's been almost all the home games. Wow. Very, very cool. Um, Talk to me about this virtual fan experience. Uh, first of all, uh, Bobby, we'll start with you. Which game or games have you been a participant in of the seven they've played so far? Um, it's been three so far, and uh, I think I'm on deck for Thursdays as well. Um, so, uh, sorry, off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember exactly which games those were. But it was the first two, um, and then last Friday's game as well. Okay. I can't – sorry, I'm blanking on the team. That's okay. If, if I mention Milwaukee Bucks, you'll remember whether you were watching that one or not, right? Uh, yeah, actually, that one I wasn't part of. Okay. Uh, but I, I watched 
the game on TV, but I wasn't in the virtual fan experience. Okay, but that was a game that virtually nobody gave the Nets even a snowball's chance of winning. They were 19-point underdogs, and they pulled off the biggest point spread upset in the NBA in almost 30 years. So as you're watching this game develop and the Nets are putting away arguably the best team in the league, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, I think, or I'll, at least I'll start, um, you know, for me, I'm thinking that, uh, uh, wow, first of all, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and, uh, but to me, you know, kind of as the game went on and you, and you saw, uh, you know, how the, uh, the nets were staying, uh, poised and composed, um, and, and, and really frustrating the bucks, you know, I, to me, I thought it really spoke to, um, you know, the culture of the team that even though the, you know, the team, even though the nets entered the uh, bubble, extremely shorthanded in terms of regular rotation players, and have had to bring in a lot of new players who've had to come up to speed in a very short time, uh, along with a, a head coach who hasn't had that position very long. Um, I guess the, you know, the underlying culture of uh, the Nets uh, team, uh, specifically, you know, hard work, uh, never giving up, um, uh, and just putting everything on the court, you know, that really permeated, I think, into the performance that we saw against the Milwaukee Bucks. So even though, you know, the, it's not the usual players, not necessarily the household names, um, the, uh, the work ethic uh, and the dedication and that, that culture still uh, you know, continue to shine through. All right. I want to give you a couple of minutes to think about um, your position on Jacques Vaughn. We'll get back to that um, in just a couple of seconds. But I want to turn to Nick. And uh, Nick, ask you, how many games of the seven so far have you been a virtual fan for? I've been to the three home games that we were allowed to attend, so so all of them so far, and uh, it was an incredible experience. I think we saw Brooklyn basketball at its best, and uh, outsiders who don't really know the Brooklyn Nets were sort of surprised and shocked to see these underhanded team play so well and beat some of the, the good contenders, um, but this is a team we've seen for the last couple of years. Um, we've always been an under... Uh, hand- miss those players that uh, you know we've had previously as, as Sean Marks has done the rebuild. But the core of it was the same. The team played hard. They were passionate. Um, they had something to win for. They weren't just mailing it in. So I wasn't surprised to see them beat Milwaukee. Obviously, Milwaukee is one of the best teams in the league. But uh, the play that we saw was the play that Brooklyn's been known for for the last couple of years, win or lose. All right, I want to talk about the actual experience as a virtual fan. Take me through the logistics, um, where you're watching. We'll start with Nick. Where are you watching the games? What are you wearing? What's the vibe that you're getting from the other virtual fans in the, um, in the Microsoft Teams setup? How does it all work? Because I need to get ready for my own virtual fandom, and I want to thank Rachel Lewis and uh, the Nets uh, front office for hooking me up. I'm excited about this. I was telling you guys before, I go back with this team to the Rutgers days back in the late 70s. So this is a dream come true as a, as a virtual fan. I've literally been a virtual fan of this team from almost the beginning of its NBA days. So I'm going to get to be uh, in the mix with you guys tomorrow. I'm very excited about it. But uh, oh, Nick, start with you. Give me a heads up. What can I expect? 
Yeah, you can expect to, to be in a section with about 29 other fans. And that section is then placed on the board within the arena itself. So you're watching as a virtual fan, the game being played live uh, a little bit less than the, the lag that you have on TV. And then you're looking at each other, interacting with each other. So you can hear the other fans, you can talk to them, you can chant, you can uh, give commentary. Uh, when the other team's at the line, you can boo. And, uh, you know, you're encouraged to, to wear your team colors. And uh, you, you kind of see yourself uh, in the arena at various shots where either you're behind the backboard or on the sidelines. Um, it, it basically is the Zoomification or the Microsoft Teamification that we've had with work and online meetings the last couple months brought to the, the basketball experience. And it, it's pretty fun. It, it gets a little time to take used to but once you've done it um you can kind of get a little crazy and enjoy it yeah you guys are grizzled veterans so i may be relying on you for some more advice when we're actually uh, <laughs> in the middle of the game bobby how about you what's been the best part of this for you so far um you know basically you know what kind of nick what nick laid out there um in terms of uh you know particularly for um i think fans nets fans like like nick and i who have had you know the the bk block experience um at barclays center um it's a it's a group uh that um has gotten to know each other um over the last uh couple of years as part uh, of that bk block section and even before that um as a part of um uh, the brooklyn brigade which is um, you know, a group of, uh, of Nets fans that's come together since the Nets uh, moved to Brooklyn. Um, so basically, you know, the Nets uh, w within this virtual fan experience have uh, done a great job of seating uh, people from the, you know, the BK block together in the, same, in the same group. So for us, you know, who have been, you know, used to seeing each other at, you know, almost every home game over the last many seasons, um, and, you know, basically developed a, a very strong community, you know, almost like a family, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the stoppage of the NBA and now the, uh, uh, you know, the fact that fans can't be in the arena has been a big adjustment for us. So the virtual fan experience allows us to kind of claw back as much of that, you know, great um, camaraderie uh, that we typically experience um, as much as possible the, uh, virtually. And, yeah, and I'll add to, I'll add ahead, to Nick, that. I'm sorry. I'll add to that. I think that, you know, we're all feeling the sense of loss, this lack, lack of a communal experience, you know, not having sports for so many months and then now seeing it again. The Nets organization really shows that they're first class. You know, you read about these stories that they, when a new player joins, they, they, they learn the family's names, they send them letters and they bring them into the great, uh, um, uh, facility they have down in Sunset Park uh, in Industry City and they do the same thing for the fans there's there's constant communication there's emails there's check-ins uh, they want to keep this this community that we built in the Barclays Center with the Brooklyn Brigade and the BK Block over the last couple of years going remotely and we don't know if it'll be remote forever or for a year or for two but I, I get the sense that the the team really wants to see this community stay together and thrive considering how hard Brooklyn and the rest of New York City got hit with the, the pandemic. Yeah, well, it's a perfect segue and I appreciate you guys setting me up on a tee like this because I wanted to ask you, and we'll start with you, Bobby, if you don't mind, 
Um, at what point do you think you'll feel safe going back to Barclays Center like you did before the middle of March? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, honestly, I feel like, so I don't have a you know particular time frame. It's obviously going to be very dependent on um, kind of how, um, you know, potential uh, treatments and vaccines progress and all that. But um, I think one thing that um, I do have, you know, pretty strong confidence in is that uh, the NBA won't be allowing fans back in um, until uh, a time where they can feel relatively confident about being able to safeguard um, everybody's health. I think, uh, you know, the experience that we've seen thus far in terms of um, all the work that's gone into preparing the bubble um, for the players, coaches, staff, you know, I think the NBA and the NBA Players Association deserve uh, an immense amount of credit in terms of how um, conscientious they've been about, about that approach. So I'd expect them to have a similar approach, you know, once uh, teams are playing back into uh, back in arenas. Um, and so I'd imagine that they, you know, put in place all the safeguards uh, imaginable. Um, uh, and what the time frame is for that. You know, I guess that's uh, that's uh, that's anyone's guess at this point. But um, I do have uh, a high degree of confidence that the NBA won't uh, try to rush it back um, before it's safe. Good take. Good take. Nick, what about you? I, th I think the Nets wouldn't do anything to put their fans in jeopardy. And I know uh, New York State, if any state can reopen safely, it's it's New York and Brooklyn um, with with all the different uh, precautions in mind. So if there's a way to get fans in the stadium, there's socially distance, you know, using the mask rule, working on the ventilation, working on all the other ways you can make a facility safer the way we've done with schools um, and all the other institutions. Um, I'd feel comfortable going back um, if those things were in place. And I feel like, you know, there will be fans back into the stadiums at some point. And it's just a matter of making sure that uh, people are following all the directives from the CDC and, and New York State for reopening. And guys, we talked about uh, the safety, the relative safety of the bubble that the players are in down in Orlando. But we found out just a couple hours ago that the NBA, after the first round of the playoffs, is going to start allowing mm -hmm. players and coaches to bring in family members and or I guess, for lack of a better term, quote unquote, established uh, long-term relationship uh, friends, if you will. Uh, so when you hear something like that, and, you know, we can cross our fingers and hope it applies mm -hmm. to the Nets. They obviously have to get past the defending champs in the first round for this to even apply. But um, when you hear that the NBA is going to allow the bubble to be penetrated, uh, in a manner of speaking, how how does that change if at all your frame of mind regarding the bubble and uh we'll start with you nick um well i think i think kyrie irving was a real leader early on in saying that safety had to be the first consideration before they reopened and with the, the black lives matter movement and the movement for racial justice to be acknowledged along with it so i i think if they're making changes to the the current framework it, it's been done in a thoughtful conscientious way 
And, uh, you know, I'm not an epidemiologist, but if, if there's a way to make it so that players can have family members and, and uh, other close confidants there, um, I think that will help out with their mental health, about their happiness. And I think we all have to make adjustments to this uh, new normal. Uh, or, but I do think that there's a, a good reason to have people have their families around them. Uh, the players are sacrificing for our entertainment. And to the extent that we can keep them safe and also keep them with their family, I think that's that's a phenomenal opportunity that the NBA has put together for them. And Bobby? Yeah, I, I'd say I largely agree. I mean, I think that, um, you know, one, um, you know, to the extent that this decision has been made in, in terms of kind of uh, the shift in protocol beyond the first round of the playoffs, um, it's a decision that I imagine has been made collaborative collaboratively uh you know between the league office owners as well as uh you know players um and and presumably you know coaches and staff so um you know as as nick talked about i mean obviously we're you know we and they in particular are laser focused on um the you know the physical health of uh, uh the players and everybody involved uh, and present in the bubble um but there is also an emotional uh, health um, dimension that needs to be taken into account as well. And, you know, as Nick mentioned, um, you know, for the teams that are um, going to be uh, progressing in the playoffs the furthest um, uh, and all the way to the finals, you know, you're talking about a, a several month commitment uh, to be separated from, you know, family and loved ones for that long. You know, there's only so much that, you know, Zoom and uh, phone calls and, um, uh, virtual uh, conferencing can do. Um, so I think that, again, I, I have, a, you know, based on the experience thus far, at least my understanding of it from the outside looking in, um, I would expect that they would be taking all the precautions they can uh, when they get to that stage. And, you know, presumably since it's happening, you know, kind of once you progress a little bit into the playoffs, you're going to be hopefully dealing with, um, you know, a smaller group of people right? You know, all the teams that were part of the seeding process or lost in the first round, they'll be gone. Um, so uh, presumably there would be the infrastructure to handle the new um, influx of, uh, of, of people should already be in place. Uh, at least that was, that's what I would presume, that they wouldn't move before, that, before they felt confident in that regard. Okay, so the playoffs are around the corner. We know the Nets have the seventh seed in the East. They'll take on Toronto, the Raptors, the number two seed, and obviously the defending champions. But one more game to go in the restart, and they've got a date with Carmelo Anthony and a red-hot Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers to wrap things up. Um, Fellas, let me ask you, what are the Nets' chances in the playoffs? Do you give them any shot at getting past Toronto, Bobby? Uh, I give them a chance. Um, you know, as a fan, uh, you probably wouldn't expect me to say anything else. Um, uh, you know, we're going to have our work cut out for us for sure. Uh, you know, uh, like I said earlier, you know, we entered the bubble, um, you know, with a you know, somewhat depleted roster, uh, a lot of our big guns uh, on the sidelines uh, for various reasons and not, and not in the bubble. Uh, so we've had to make do, and they've done a phenomenal job. I, I believe they're five and two. Uh, thus far in the bubble. So, you know, they've definitely surprised to the upside, um, I would imagine, uh, relative to anybody's reasonable expectations. 
um, uh, coming into the bubble. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, Toronto, they are the defending champions. Obviously, they lost a key to that championship in Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but the, the remaining team, you know, can't be looked past. I mean, they, they did finish, you know, second in the, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they've got a, you know, a tremendous uh, defensive ethic. Um, and they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat. But, you know, I'd, I'd expect the Nets to, to, to surprise the Raptors. You know, we've got a, a nice little rivalry with the Raptors uh, since uh, the Nets have moved to Brooklyn, and um, you know, I expect this to be another interesting chapter. Nick, what can you uh, add? I agree. We, we beat the Lakers the last game before the, the cl- shutdown. We've beaten the Bucks. We've beaten the Clippers. Um, playoffs are a whole different animal, but I think Jacques Vaughn is, is really inspiring and motivating the team. We have a scrappy team and we have a puncher's chance. We'll, we'll see. But uh, I do think that there's, there's some people who seriously slept on the Brooklyn Nets um, saying we shouldn't have even been included in the bubble or we shouldn't have been a part of the conversation. And I think that, that Karis LeVert, um, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, the, the, the veterans, as it were, and all of our young players now are really showing um, it's, it's a team that has an identity that goes beyond any individual player being there, being missing. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing them play the Raptors and continue this rivalry. All right, Nick, another perfect setup talking about Jacques Vaughn. Has he done everything you want to see from him in order to earn the quote unquote permanent job instead of just being the interim head coach? Does he get to stay next year in your eyes? I think Jacques Vaughn represents the, the vision that, that Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks put, into, put together years ago. And while Kenny's no longer with the team, um, our coaching, our staff, our trainers, all the folks that we've put in place have gotten us to a point where we had the clean sweep, where we had Kyrie, where we had Kevin Durant, um, that's what brought them here. And I think that Jacques Vaughn has shown he's a capable coach. And if uh, he's been given uh, the opportunity to, to shine, I, I'd like to see him be our coach next year. Absolutely. I think he's a great individual as a person, as a man. And uh, he's showing he's, he's also no slouch in the, in the X's and O's. Bobby, will you second the motion? Well, I definitely second the motion that, um, you know, Jacques Vaughn has done uh, more uh, than you could have asked for him, uh, given the set of circumstances that he's uh, been faced with. Um, and, and, you know, collected, uh, you know, a couple um, of, you know, marquee wins in the process. Um, so from that perspective, uh, like, I can't think of anything more he could have, he could do, he could have done thus far uh, to, to burnish his resume going into this uh, coaching job uh, search, uh, head coaching job search for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, that being said, uh, you know, you know, if I try to put on a rational kind of objective hat, uh, it's been a relatively small sample size, right? Um, so uh, I don't think that, um, you know, even if somebody had gone, you know, perfect over, uh, you know, the last nine games or so, I think that's what his record is, uh, you know, how many games he's coached uh, for the Nets thus far, uh, you know, is that really enough to forestall a more fulsome search to just see who else is out there and what else uh, others have to say? Um, you know, 
I, as a fan, uh, I would still expect the, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets to, to do a, you know, fulsome search. Um, you know, we've got uh, two, you know, future Hall of Famers on our roster uh, in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who, um, you know, have a couple more years on their contracts. Uh, but who knows, you know, we, who knows how that all plays out. You know, basically, uh, the way I look at it, we have um, a particular window with these players, and you want to maximize everything you can get out of uh, that window. Um, so is, uh, is Jacques Vaughn the, 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 the coach that takes the Nets to a championship? Uh, possibly. Um, but there may also be some other candidates out there, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, for um, uh, uh, for you know a full search to take place, but I would definitely expect uh, Jacques Vaughn to be um, you know well considered, given everything that he's done uh, with this team, particularly under challenging circumstances. Hey, you guys are really good at this. Last thing as we wrap up, uh, talking mm-hmm. about tomorrow night again and the final game of the restart. It'll be the Nets and the Blazers, and I will be. Uh, crashing your party, so to speak, for at least a little while uh, as a virtual fan myself. First of all, uh, you guys are going to be rocking your monochrome, I assume, because the Nets have obviously over the last few years transitioned to this black and white look. There's not a lot of color. Am I going to stick out like a sore thumb if I'm rocking an old school New Jersey Nets cap? (laughs) I think you're welcome to wear whatever you want. As a Nets fan, you will be welcomed. It's the energy that you bring, not not the clothing that you're wearing. And I think bring your lozenges and your 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 uh, your throat uh, herbal medicine, herbal tea, whatever you need. <laughs> you want to get loud. You want to get crazy. You want to cheer them on. They can hear us in the arena at various points, and uh, you know just to have have those faces up there. Um, I think it makes a real connection back to Brooklyn, where they where they miss being home. And my dog's a big basketball fan too, so he'll probably jump in the shot at some point. Bobby, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Nick. I mean, I think that um, you know one dynamic that's definitely been in place uh, at you know bar- at games at Barclays Center is that, like you said, you know the Nets upon the move to Brooklyn have adopted the black and white um, colorway. Um, but when you see people walking around Barclays with um, uh, the uh, you know throwback. Uh, Nets jerseys, uh, you know, with the the red, white, and blue colorways. Uh, there's a lot of respect given um, because it's a clear sign that okay, this is a diehard fan. This is a longtime fan. And I think with uh, Kyrie Irving coming back to the team, uh, coming to the team uh, this season, um, he's also brought back some of that uh, nostalgia for uh, for the Nets and particularly, you know, the, the Nets during the uh, Jason Kidd years. So, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of respect uh, for the uh, for the longtime Nets fans. So you can read you can wear your red, white and blue uh, proudly. Well, I'm looking forward to it again. I want to thank Rachel Lewis and Mandy Gutman in the Nets uh, public relations office and the franchise itself. And and you guys, uh, Bobby Edameka and Nick Tishuk. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night joining you guys as a virtual fan uh, for the Nets and the Blazers. Thanks again for doing this. I really do appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Go Nets. It's going to be a blast. Thanks, guys. Go Nets, yeah. indeed. Go Nets. That is uh, Bobby Edameka and Nick Tishuk. I'm Mark Renee, and you're on the mark. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.